is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. It's a good day to be here. You guys look amazing today. Everybody, I don't know if y'all can just feel a different energy in the room. I don't know if it's because we had the Dream Team Party on Friday night. You guys did such an awesome job putting the Dream Team Party together. Someone said, how could we possibly outdo this next year? Because it's grown every year. It's just become like over the top. Every year, once they plan the Dream Team Party, then they just say, okay, how, what, how can we make it over the top? And it just keeps snowballing into something bigger and bigger and bigger. And so our team has just decided we're not even going to think about next year until we get to next year. So just put, on, put off the challenge. But challenge accepted. You guys are awesome. And it's amazing to be here with you this morning. I love what we get to do in the house of the Lord and in the work of the Lord. So if you're new today, I'm, I'm so glad that you chose to worship with us today. We are... Um, uh, open to new relationships and new friends and new family. Of course, you have already experienced that, I'm sure, walking in the door. But we just love to do life together. We love the relationships that are built in God's house. So with that said, I also want to point out another group of people who's joining us today, and that's right here in this camera. I want to point out all of our online campus people watching, queuing, uh, logging in, and watching the service today. You guys, let's give it up for them and let them know that we love them. We care about you guys. We never forget that you're watching with us. And sometimes we leave the service and go watch it ourselves so that we become a part of both, which is okay too. Amen. Man, I'm really, really, really in love with this series that we're in. I love the... Uh, the idea behind follow me. And so I don't want to take too long because we're going to do something really cool today. But I do just want to kind of set the table, set the tone for what's going to happen today so that you're able to see it in context. So follow me. Jesus, Jesus lived and loved in a certain way. And being a Christian, going to church and following Jesus, being a Jesus follower is not just about knowing what Jesus said, learning the scriptures, reading the Bible, singing the songs, knowing the lingo. That's, that's all beside the point. The point is that we learn to live and love the way that Jesus lived and loved. And somebody just got a message, and it's, <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I, I wish we had time to just study all the things that Jesus was. He said, I am the door. He said that, that, he, that I am the vine, you are the branches. Like the, the idea that we have to be connected, that we have to do it his way. And I really love that, that key word right there at the, the beginning of this uh, in John. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not just what he did, or it's really the way he did it. And as Christians, it's our job to try and emulate the way that he lived. That, that is a huge, huge, huge thing. Because for the vast majority of churches around the world, we have become known for the exact opposite thing that Jesus lived and loved. The, the exact opposite way we judge and criticize. We don't live and love with uh, compassion and grace. We like the truth. We want to put everybody in their place, but we forget about the grace. We forget about the love that he just exuded to people. So followers of Jesus should live and love like him. Early emphasis for followers of Jesus was that they were followers of the way. 
as disciples of Jesus, they weren't just students of the Bible, students of Scripture, students of a, of a, of a teacher that they followed around. No, they were apprentices. Their, their hope was that by the time they, after they spent some time with him, they would be just like him. They would take his place, and that's what happened. Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than I did. But here's, here's kind of the focus of the last. We started focusing in and drilling down into this idea last week that in order for us to do all the things that Jesus called us to do, we have to, there's one factor. Often we talk about uh, so many other aspects of the way Jesus lived, but I want us to just really focus on this today. And that was that Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus lived an unhurried life. And that explains how when we get empowered by the Holy Spirit, we, we learn to love. Uh, we have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All of those things can't happen if we're in a hurry. Imagine trying to be patient with someone whenever you're in a hurry. You're just like, ah, get out of the way. I'll do it myself. I can do it faster. What about gentleness? How can I be gentle? And the easiest, step, the easiest idea of gentleness is, hey, let me open the door for you. No, you're not opening the door for anybody if you're in a hurry. You're like, get out of my way. I was next in line. How dare you cut in line? That's not gentleness. That's not self-control. So hurry, we learned this last week, hurry is incompatible with love. Can you say that out loud? Hurry is incompatible with well, it says incompatible. That's not how you spell incompatible. <laughs> I don't know what that word is, but hurry is incompatible. So I want to, I want to, uh, they're going to fix that up there. I, <laughs> I, th I thought of something this week when I was teaching my kids to drive. I love teaching them how to drive, but there's a moment in there where uh, I, one more than the other, but I won't tell you which one, but Jake and Grace, when you first teach your kids to drive, you get in the car and you reluctantly sit in the passenger side and they're driving they have full control of this 2000 pound or more vehicle and when we first when after we finally got to the point where i said okay let's leave the neighborhood after a week of driving around the neighborhood let's leave the neighborhood and i realized the cars are going so much faster and so i said look just go as fast as you feel comfortable and it took us a few times driving before we were up to the speed limit but something happens once you get up to the speed limit. The harder part is there's always this moment as a passenger, especially whenever they're driving and you're telling them the light's red, slow down. And then you have to say the light's red, slow down, slow, slow, stop, stop. And then I realized there's a reason why in the 1970s or so, whenever you look back at all of those training cars, they had a brake on the passenger side. I thought I need a car with a break on the passenger side so because when you're going fast the faster you're going and there's some there's a reason to stop you don't you're not you don't know what it feels like to slow down at the right you have to learn that speed of slowing down and the right tension and the right pressure to put on the brake right y'all know what i'm talking has it been so long since you learned to drive And we have to learn that. And sometimes it takes someone sitting next to you to say, hey, slow down. No, no, no. More, 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 more. Let, let's slow down before we wreck. Because it's coming fast. And we haven't learned to gauge that in the world that we live in. We're going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. So I think uh, today is that day where we're going to have some, someone sitting in the passenger seat showing us how to slow 
down to live an unhurried life. So I got three of the guys from our team, amazing, wise guys. So we're going to call them the three wise men this morning and show us how to slow down. So the three wise men will be speaking today. So first up, I'm going to invite Brother Joseph to come up on stage and join me and give us that first point. Y'all give it up. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Hallelujah. Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for gathering us today. Lord God, as we hear your word, let it change us. As we hear your word, let it transform us. As we hear your word, Lord, let it bless us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Sean, for giving me this opportunity to share with the brethren. Um, my name is Joseph Bayekusi. I'm a missionary, and um, I love Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of us love Jesus in the house? <laughs> Glory to God. And, you know, Pastor Sean started this series about, you know, follow me. And when he started the series, after service, that two Sundays ago, I rushed up to him and I said, Pastor Sean, wow, this is amazing. I, I love this message. I, I love everything you shared. And he was speaking to me directly, not knowing that two weeks after, I'm going to be here on the stage to talk about follow me. And following me, you know, was the word Jesus, you know, gave to us, his disciples. The first thing Jesus said to his disciples when he was calling them, says, Pastor Susan, Gwen, the first thing he said to every disciple he called was what? Follow me. That was the first statement he made. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He says, follow me on what? I will make you fishers of men. On that day, he was walking by the side of the road, just like you were walking. You were doing your work in your office, in your streets. And you had this encounter. And Jesus said, Zavi, follow me. That's the first statement he made. And he went and he saw two brothers. They were fishing, Peter and Andrew. And the first thing he said, he said, come on. He did not tell them, how are you? I hope you are enjoying your fishing business today. No. The first thing he said to Peter and Andrew, follow me. He moved forward on the same day. Matthew 4 verse 22. And he said what? He said, he saw another two brothers, James and John. He said exactly the same thing to James and John. He said, follow me. Another day again, he was walking and he went to this place. This guy, in those days, they called them tax collectors. Today, we call them accountants. <laughs> and then he told this one, he said, Matthew, the same word, follow me. Jesus understood what he was doing. Till today, he's still asking you and me, Angela, follow me. He went on another day. He saw this guy in John chapter 1. Philip. The first thing he told Philip to again was not, how are you doing? How was your night yesterday? No. The same thing. Follow me. Jesus wants us to follow him. And when he says, follow me, it means this. Follow me. 
Follow what I'm doing. Follow how I'm going. Follow where I'm going to. Because you do not know where you are going with your life. He owns your life. He owns my life. The best thing that happened to this man standing before you happened on January 12th, 1997. It was a Sunday morning like this. I came to church. I was on campus. I was still in university then. And I just came to church just to have fun. Maybe somebody is here to have fun today. No. You're going to meet with Jesus today. Hallelujah. So I got to church that morning and, and the pastor preached. Whatever he said, I can't remember. But he made a statement that changed my life. And that was the day I said, Jesus, I give my life to you. And he said the same word to me. He said, Joseph, follow me. And he's saying the same to all of us today. Follow me. When you follow him, the beauty of following Jesus is what? That he will make you. You can make yourself. You don't know what is out there in the next one month here in America, wherever you are. You don't know. So I did not know I was studying engineering. But when Jesus said, follow me, Jesus changed me from being an engineer to being a writer. Two different worlds, art and science. This is the beauty of following Jesus. He wants to make you, Gwen. Pastor Jason, he wants to make you. Jonathan, he wants to make you. Jake, Jesus wants to make you something when you follow him. When we follow him, we learn his way. When we follow him, we know the truth. When we follow him, we have eternal life. These are the gains when he says, follow me. The reason why many of us will not follow him or cannot live in Jesus' way is because we prefer doing things our own way. Pastor Sean, you said that last week. We want to do things our way. Oh, I don't want to be with my wife all the time. I have to hang out with the boys. Oh, I don't want to be at home. I, I, I can't stay with the kids. They give me a lot of trouble. They give me a lot of headaches. So let me run out of the house. No, Jesus. Imagine, guys, imagine Jesus had a wife and children. Imagine what kind of father he would have been. Imagine what kind of husband he would have been. We want to follow our own way. As a husband, you, know, you need to follow Jesus' way. How can we follow Jesus' way? He says, follow me. What are we following him for? What are we following him to do? Number one, which is my focus this morning, we want to follow his way of silence and solitude. Pastor Sean shared so much last week on hurrying. We're so much in a hurry. We want to go. We want to do this. We forget to spend time with the one who is our groom, who is, who is our husband. Because if you are in Christ, you become his bride. Imagine you, with, you, are, you are married and you, you and your wife, you don't spend time alone. We need to practice silence. We need to practice solitude. Jesus practiced solitude. Mark 1.35. He says very early in the morning while it was still dark. Maybe like 4 a.m. I woke up 4 a.m. this morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house. Oh, your house is so comfortable. So fine. Oh, I love my couch. 
But Jesus left the couch. Jesus went into the bush. He went into the trees. And he spent time in solitary place. Where he did what? He prayed. Simon and his companion went to look for him. Maybe your wife, where's Sean? Where's Pastor Sean? You know, Jesus went alone. And when he was found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replies, let us go elsewhere to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Why have you come? What's your vision? What's your plan? What's your purpose on the earth? When we spend time in solitude, we find ourselves in God. We find our purpose in God. We find the way. Remember, he says, I am the way. He will show you the way to live. From January 12, 1997 till today, I am still following him. He's still leading me like the good shepherd. John chapter 10. Jesus oftentimes withdrew to lonely places to pray. When last did you go alone to a quiet place to pray? In the last seven years of my life, I spend my solitude, my first two hours when I wake up, I spend alone. My kids, my wife, they are here. They will testify to this. I do a prayer devotional every day in the last seven years. Every morning, I must wait on God. Stay in solitude. Stay in silence. God, what is the word for today for the church? God, what is your word today for your people? What is the word today as I go out, as I plan, as I prepare to do things? Never live your life without God being the first place. So Jesus needed quiet time alone. We have external noise and internal noise that needs to be quieted. Pastor Sean said last week, he said, hurry is a violence against what? Our soul. We hurry a lot. Jesus was never in a hurry. He said it again here. Jesus never worried. Jesus never hurried. Why are you hurrying? He's got your back. Why are you worrying? He's got you covered. Tell your neighbor, he's got me covered. Without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. It's impossible. What would happen in my marriage if my wife and I were never alone? I think in the last 20 years of my life, my wife and I, we have been married for 20 years. Hallelujah. And I think the, the person I have spent the most time of my life with is Christine, my wife. We are his bride. We should spend time with him. Take a census of your life. Take an audit of your life. How much time do you spend with your groom, Jesus? The Holy Spirit empowers us to live out our life. To live out the life we are called to live. Without the help of the Holy Spirit. I told Pastor Sean two weeks ago. I said all of this following Jesus is not possible without the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. You've not met the Jesus. If you've not had an encounter with the Holy Ghost, today you will meet with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I bring a story to mind of some people, two sisters, who met with Jesus. But look at the quality of their relationship with the Master, Martha and Mary. You know, Pastor John talked about them last week, but I'm looking at it from another dimension. The story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, from verse 38. Jesus came to their house like he comes to your home too. He comes to your home every day. And Jesus 
you know, subtle sisters who had different approach towards him. Martha, what was her approach? Yes, in verse 38, he said, and Martha received Jesus. She was receptive. But guess what? Mary was more of a relational person. It's not enough to accept Jesus or receive Jesus into your life. You must have a relationship with him. Mary had that, that deep, you know, differentiated Mary from her sister. Number two, Mary served Jesus. Verse 40, while Martha served Jesus, but what happened? Mary sat with Jesus. He sat with, she sat with Jesus. That's a big difference. If I sit with Pastor Sean more and more and more, I will get to know more and more about the Relay Church. I will get to know more about his heartbeat for this church, about his next few weeks of plan, his next few months, his next three-year plan for Relay. True or false, Pastor Sean? But if I'm at a distance from him, I'm just busy, Pastor Sean, you know, I'm going to, you know, wash your clothes, I'm going to do this for you, I'm, going to, I'm serving you, but I'm not getting to know your heartbeat. What do you want for Relay Church? How can I fit into Relay Church? Mary was in solitude with Christ. Number three, Martha was hurrying. We heard a lot of that last week. But Mary was what? Learning. We need to learn. His ways are higher than our ways. His ways and his thoughts and his plans are bigger than our thoughts. Let's learn his ways so we can be like him. People can see you and say, wow, you have the way. You are a Christian. And the last one, I love this one. It says, Martha was walking for Jesus. But Mary was walking with Jesus. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen the best part, the best thing. And he said, shall never be taken from her. Let's walk with Jesus. The place of solitude is a place, you know, of, you know, in the place of silence and solitude, we fulfill the four-dimension vision of Relay Church easily. When we walk with Jesus in silence, wait on him, stay in quietness, we will know God, right? You will know God. You will find freedom, people of God. And three, you will discover purpose. I just told you. I was in engineering. You know, back home, as, as, you know, when you go to school and you read engineering, the first place an engineer wants to work in, in, in my country, in Nigeria, he wants to work in an oil company where you are paid heavy money, good pay, good life. And I got out of school and I started off in the oil company. And in the year 2000, God called me out of my own ambition of my own life, of my own way. And he showed me his own way. He said, Joseph, you will no more do engineering, but you engineer souls for me. And with that, I am making a difference in my life. I am making a difference in the kingdom. I am making a difference everywhere I find myself. This is again when we walk in solitude, when we spend time with God. He shows us his, his plans for our life. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Truly, Hallelujah. You are not truly in Christ as I close now. You are not truly in Christ, that is a Christian, if you are not following Jesus. Mm -hmm. What you look at determines what you will look, 
like. And I explained that from 2 Corinthians 3 verse 8. It says, we all with open face, beholding us in the glass, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into that same image, even by the help of the Holy Ghost. So when you look at the word of God in solitude, in waiting with him, you will look more like Jesus. Number three, he says, the company you keep determines what? Can we say that together? The company you keep, Proverbs 13, verse 20, say, he that walks with the wise, what happens? You will be wise. He said, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. That shall not be our portion in Jesus' name. And finally, I leave you with these words. He says, who you follow determines what? What follows you? Jesus Christ said, follow me and I will make you. Hallelujah. God is going to make you. God is going to make you. I declare God is going to make you. Glory be to God. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Give it to the Lord, relate. Hallelujah. Wow, that's a, that was good, wasn't it? Good morning, everyone. How are you today? I just felt uh, this morning uh, a spirit of joy in the room. And that is because God is here. And, uh, well, um, you know, in, in my part, I'm going to uh, talk about uh, the Sabbath rest. But before I get into it, um, let's go to the Old Testament for a little bit. Uh, in the days of Moses, you know, the, the people of Israel, they were crying out to God. Uh, because they were having a lot of struggle. They were slaves. They were slaves for more than the 400 years. 430 years, to be exact. So uh, they were crying out to God because they were having a really bad time. But they were crying out to a God that they, they, they didn't know personally. They, they just heard about him. But to make the... This uh, story very short, uh, God came down from heaven and released them from slavery. So he sent them through the desert. And one of the reasons uh, that God has in mind, not only to release them from slavery, is to know him personally. Uh, you know, they got, they, they got out of Egypt and they were free. But they didn't have, uh, they, they still had a, a slavery mindset. So God has, you know, really had a hard time to teach them how to be free people. Just like in, in our time. You know, Jesus, he set us free. He paid the price to make us free from a really horrible death. And, but sometimes we're still thinking like in the past. So, uh, well, in this way, um, the, the way that God was trying to uh, teach them a better way, um, they, uh, he, gave, uh, he gave them um, commandments. So I'm going to, uh, he gave us 10 commandments, and the first three has, you know, has to be with the relationship with him. The last six has to be with the relationship with the neighbors, with the people, with 
but the fourth has to be, it's like a mixture. It's like, uh, has to be with a relationship with God and with ourselves. So I'm going to read uh, Exodus 20 from 8 to 11. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, to have six days each week for your ordinary work, but seventh day is the Sabbath. Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, on that day, no one in your household may do any work. That includes you, your sons and daughters, you may, uh, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For the first, the six days the Lord made the heavens and earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So, in the first time, we didn't understand what rest was about. They were slaves. They didn't have any, any date off. Even, they didn't have vacation, I don't think. So, uh, they didn't understand exactly what was the Sabbath day apart, uh, about. This, the, the word Sabbath means stop. So, they had to stop on that day. And over the years, the people of Israel, they, 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 they were trying to, to, to accomplish this uh, commandment. And they did it very well. But they, they became very, very strict. So, in the day of Jesus, uh, they, they were really strict. They didn't, know, they didn't do anything in that day. Even when Jesus was doing good things, he was, he, he was healing people. He was doing miracles. He was doing a lot of good things for people. They, they had a hard time to understand that. They didn't understand what the original um, idea of God was. So, um, in, that, in those days, um, I want to read also Mark 2, uh, 27, 28. Has, uh, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So, the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So, um, they were trying to accomplish that day only to not doing anything, not doing uh, what the original idea of God was. So, um, what is this uh, Sabbath day? Well, the first thing is that we have to know, that we have to understand is that it's a commandment. It's, it's not as optional like many people do. The Sabbath um, is a God, if God rested that day, he, he set us an example. The second thing is that the Sabbath rest is necessary because he has a design. He made us, he created us to be very productive for six days. And the seventh has to be to rest, to stop. And uh, we need to recharge our lives. And the third thing is that the, the Sabbath rest is not only for the body, 
is a full rest. It's for not only our body, it's also for our mind, our soul, our spirit. So in this society that we are living in, we are living in a, in a consumer society that consumes us. And in this uh, society that we are living in, we don't have time to rest. Uh, it's like giving us the idea that if we are not in a hurry, doing a lot of things, you're, you're bad. So <clears throat> I want to make some suggestions uh, to meet this and to understand this, uh, this uh, Sabbath uh, rest. The first thing is um, we have to choose a day. Sabbath, like I said, means stop, and it's equivalent to Saturday in the Bible. But uh, in the first uh, days of Christianity, the disciples uh, pick up uh, the Sunday because Sunday was the day when Jesus rose. So they, they, they wanted to, to honor this day. They want to honor Jesus in that day. And, uh, but after that, maybe um, three years uh, Three three hundred years later, uh, Constantine, the emperor Constantine, he 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 made a decree that Sunday has to be the rest day. So that's why today the Sunday is normally the rest day. <clears throat> but sometimes in in like in this society that we're living in, many people has to work Saturday and Sundays. So the idea is to pick a day. You may pick another day. You may choose another day of the week. And the second is that it has to be for intentional rest. Not only for your body. Maybe you can sleep over, um, you know, until late to rest the body. But, but also you need to, to take care of your emotions because we, we have... Not only our body, we have soul and spirit. So that's, it means that you have to take care of everything. We know how to take care of the body. We know it pretty well. But uh, we need to get together with the family, maybe. You know, with the family, with the wife, with the kids, with our, um, our people. And giving and receiving love. We need that for our emotional part. And uh, also, uh, it's a good idea to, uh, to read a good book so you can think about, you know, all the things. You get your mind uh, to be rested also. And, uh, and also, um, the best part and the most important part is to have a special time with God. To be alone with Him. This, is, this is, has to be a time of prayer contemplation, get together with him, get to know him better. And uh, sometimes when we, we just like a moment to, to pray, to be alone with him, we have just a list of petitions and uh, we don't have any adoration, um, contemplation, and our mind is like going very, very fast. So we got to slow down our mind And one of the um, things that we can do, um, I normally do this because my mind tries to go very fast. I write 
and when you write like a like you if you're talking to God, you write your mind has to slow down because your hand is not that fast. So uh, it's just like an idea. So we can just you know be alone, you know, close that door behind you and be alone with him and have a good time with him so you get to know him. Um we have a lot of things to share with him, our thoughts, our burdens. Uh, there are many distractions in this world, so we had to, you know, turn, turn off everything, all the sounds, all the noises from this world. And, uh, you know, many people wonder why I'm so weak after the weekend. Why I'm so um, sad. Uh, I'm so tired. Just, I had the week enough. Why I'm feeling that? It's like an empty tank. They don't know why. And that is because they didn't have the, the full rest completed. You know, you have to rest your body. You have to go through your emotions. You get to, to be, and the most important part is to be with your father like the son running to the father, running to him. So uh, I want to finish with uh, this quote from St. Augustine of April. It says, because God made us for himself, our hearts will find no rest until they rest in him. So, uh, we were, like I said before, we were created for him. And he has a, a design for us. So when we know him, also we know this, and we know we, this purpose also for us. So let it with, with that. Thank you. Amen, amen. Good morning. One second. That was good, right? Uh, let's see what I got here. All right. Uh, so just remember the Sabbath rest is not optional, guys. It's uh, very, very necessary. So the third point we want to talk about today is simplicity. I want to keep everything simple. Um, simplicity does not mean convenience. And we're following Jesus. We want to keep it simple, right? That doesn't make it convenient. Simplicity just means uncomplicated. <clears throat> Quite simply, we need to remove the complications, remove the distractions. That doesn't mean remove your spouse, Stephanie. Um, Luke twelve fifteen. then Jesus said, be aware, uh, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. So I want to translate that just a little bit today. Uh, today's culture, we don't measure everything by how many apps we have on our phone, by how many uh, uh, likes, comments, shares, right? That's, you know, for some reason, we want to, we want to take our phone into account in everything that we do. Right now, everything that we do on our phone, we, we do it in the name of convenience. We do it in the name of simplicity, but we're confusing convenience with simplicity. It's not convenient. It is just, it's not simple. It's, it's just busy. So last, last week, Pastor Sean talked about hurry sickness and the 10 descriptions of it. I'm not going to go through them, but they are important to understand. So if you did not, if you weren't here last week, you didn't hear it, see it, go through it. Go online, look it up. That's a shameless plug for that last week's sermon. Uh, it was a great job, Pastor Sean. Thank you. Um, go through that. But 
with, with each busy step, worry invades, and we lose focus on what truly matters. Matthew 6.25 says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? It doesn't matter what you wear, who you're wearing, for all you red carpet people. Um, my iPhone is better than your Samsung. That's probably a fact. Maybe not. Maybe not. Calm down. Calm, I, I know your Samsung is a bulletproof vest. I get it. I get it. But we confuse more stuff we have, and, and it makes us busier and busier, and we get more and more stressed out. We are too busy too busy to be to, to understand and to uh to 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 take it easy and to 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 walk in the things of God. <clears throat> so when we when we do that, when we confuse that, when we step into that busyness and, and we become we become too busy for the things of God, we also become too busy for each other. Right? So Basically, you're inconveniencing me. I'm so busy, you are inconveniencing me. Thank you again, Pastor Sean. That's more from... from listen, guys, if, you, if y'all didn't hear it, y'all got to go back and, and, and listen to these sermons. So today, going back to the phone, today we can do everything from our phone. Once again, that doesn't make it simple or uncomplicated. It just brings busy to the palm of your hand. And all it does is put our focus on looking down instead of looking up. We need Mahatma Gandhi, I almost said that name wrong, says, let us learn to simply live. So, I mean, let us, simp- let us live simply so that others may simply live. How do we do that? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything we need. Right? So, Matthew 27, uh, 22, 37 through 40 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Not easy, just simple. Simple commandment. He took all of the commands of the Old Testament, broke it down to make it simple. Not easy to follow, just simple to follow. And that simply means to love God and to love people. Live like this and everything else falls into place. Another way to live simply is to turn our attention from stuff to what God wants to do with our lives. So I'm going to close with this scripture. 1 Timothy 6, 8 says, But godliness with, commit, with contentment is great again, for we brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Amen? Thank you all. Man, that's good. Silence, solitude, Sabbath rest, simplicity. Three things that, I don't know which one of those things is your thing today. I hope that you can embrace all three and begin to put them into place, begin to put them into action in your life so that you can slow down. Everybody say, slow down. I've got to unhurry my life so I can live and love the way that Jesus lived and loved. What a, what a, Strong message from the, these three wise men, man. That You just have to decide to do it. Because what's going to happen is you'll leave the service today and, oh, let me pull my phone out and see all the things I have to do. And you'll start scrolling, and the scroll never stops. So we got to slow down. We have to make our time count. I want you to say a prayer with me today, and let's just commit our time to God. Let's commit this life to him. Whatever time we have left on this planet, let's make it count for the kingdom of God. 
So we're going to say this prayer together. I hope that you'll say it from your heart that, God, I want to follow you. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to do things your way and not my way. Forgive me for doing it my way. Forgive me for, for not doing it your way, but I'm ready to make a change today. I hope that that's every one of us in the room, every one of us watching online and deciding that I'm going to align my life with his. Because what I get in return is so much more. Because when I give up everything, I actually get everything. His way is so much better than ours, and I'll trade my way for his any day. Let's pray. God, today we thank you that you love us enough to see past all the mess that we carry around and all the issues we struggle with and all of the turmoil that goes on in our hearts and in our heads. God, today we choose to follow you. We choose to live life your way and not our way. God, forgive us for going the way of sin and the way of irritation and hurriedness. God, we put our life in your hands and we trust you for that everything that comes after this moment in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to close the service today and um, man, what a, what a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord. What a uh, just an awesome message. I love whenever I'm not preaching and I still feel like I've been to church. I feel like I've been, I've heard the word and I, I've heard some powerful scriptures. So man, I'm excited that you guys are with us and with our team and with uh, the, the preaching team this morning in slowing down. All right. <laughs> That's good. Some of y'all need to stick around for the second service so you can hear it again. Take some more notes and let's slow down. <laughs> That's good. I want us to take just a few minutes before we close. We're going to close and, uh, and I'll dismiss you with worship. But uh, go ahead and prepare your tithes, your offerings, your giving. And um, in just a few moments, the ushers are going to pass that bucket. So I want to go ahead and pray for you. I'm excited about what's coming this week. We're almost to Easter, y'all. Easter is going to be a blast this year. Lots of exciting things planned. Let me pray for you as we get ready to give. I want you to know that every dollar that you give goes right towards, I promise you, every dollar is used to see lives transformed in this community, in this city, in our homes. There are so many things that God is doing, that God is working, and I want to see it continue to grow and continue to move. I was so, I was blown away that there was 140 people at the Dream Team party, and uh, I just, I had this, this image in my mind just popped into my mind what are we going to do whenever there's 200 people on the dream team it's just what are we going to do when there's 300 people on the on the dream team how much more can we impact the world as more and more and more people join our team and we continue to reach out and stretch out our hands i'm going to tell you all something exciting today we received at the warehouse an, another load everybody how many guys were a part of the toy giveaway last time we received a whole truckload of toys at the warehouse. So we're putting together a plan right now for how are we going to give those toys away? How are we going to have a huge spring fling? So I am, uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And uh, 
I can't wait for us to impact the community again and again and again. So let me pray for you, and then we'll close with worship as we give. God, we thank you today that you are an awesome God, that you use us to do great things in this world, to see lives transformed, to see miracles, signs, and wonders happen. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And here's, let's worship. bless you guys. We'll see you next service or next week. We love you.
already 